If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of of food. food. First, good news if you love eating more plant-based foods, Taco Bell just unveiled their new vegan crunch wrap. It's a seasoned plant protein, cool vegan blanco sauce to mimic sour cream and warm vegan nacho sauce. You only need to eat them once to convince yourself you're going back to the regular ones. <laughs> Second, Pizza Hut launched a new pickle pizza, and it's a big dill. Get it? Uh, no red sauce. The sauce is buttermilk ranch as the base, cheese, and Nashville hot chicken, and finalized with tons of dill pickles. And finally, in the not, world of that's food. That's not for me, but they're going to sell a million of them. I'm sure, yeah. My, uh, I have a niece who... Uh, let's just say got sick one time after red sauce. So she only eats white Fun, pizza okay. and she loves ranch dressing. Yeah. So I don't know what she feels about the pickles. Maybe she would just get the buttermilk ranch and the Nashville hot chicken and skip the pickles. Hmm. Finally, in the world of food, what snacks make or break your road trip? Ooh. They did a new poll and it was a three way tie between chips, uh-huh. cookies uh-huh. and chocolate. Hmm. Nuts and seeds and candy came in fourth and fifth place. Uh, for us, it's pistachios and dates. I'll tell you Got mine. Got that salty sweet combo. I'll tell you mine in a minute. Would love to hear from you guys. What's, what is your road trip snack? So this is great. We're talking about road trip snacks because it's t- tis the season, right? For the great American road trip. You and your family have probably either gone on one recently or are planning one. So what snacks are must-haves for when, you know, you're driving somewhere over an hour or so? What snacks do you have to have along with you? I'll share what uh, mine and Tracy, we have a very specific snack item. And not only is it our road trip snack, but Tracy like forbids us to eat it any other time. Ah, like we, we can't have it. I can't go like, hey, I'd really like to have it. No, 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 no. That's only for road trips. Tell you what it is coming up next. We're talking about uh, the great American road trip. Have you taken your family on one yet so far this uh, summer break? Do you have one coming up? Wherever it is you're headed, I bet there's going to be snacks involved. Maybe it's snacks that you take with you. Maybe it's somewhere you stop on the way. Maybe there's a place you've got to stop. Um, when we head out, especially if it's just my wife and I, uh, we get a big old bag of Garditos. You ever What's had that? those? Um, it's a snack. I think it was an Italian restaurant in Chicago started them. They're in an orange bag. And usually okay. uh, you can find them if you look hard at the grocery store. But usually it's it's a, like a gas station that they'll have them. Okay. And it's um, little bread rounds and little short bread sticks and maybe a pretzel or two. And they put some kind of garlicky, powdery goodness all over them. Sounds like Chex Mix. No, 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 no. Or like an elevated no. Chex Mix. Get behind me, Satan, with your Chex Mix. It is nothing like Chex Mix. And they have uh, like two or three different flavors now. It used to just be original recipe, but now they have like pizza flavored and uh, some with a little bit more of a kick to it. Which one um, do you like? I like to delve into the pizza flavored ones every now and then, but Tracy always gripes when I get those. So sometimes I'll get two bags. I'll get the smaller bag of original and pizza, just to mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually we'll get a big bag of the original stuff. And what will happen is we'll open those. But we're not hungry enough for lunch yet or to stop and get something to eat. But we've got the munchies. And we'll eat about three quarters of the bag. I'll go, put those away or we'll eat the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> One of my famous road trip foods was a friend packed me like a, a care package because I was moving away to a whole nother state. And there were Teddy Grahams in there. Mm-hmm. So to stay awake while driving, because Glenn was driving the little tiny U-Haul that we rented, I would uh, take the Teddy Grahams and eat one ear off, then the other ear, one arm, then the other arm, one leg, then the other leg, 
then the body, and then the head. Because it would make it last longer and the, the crunching would help me stay awake. Wow. Yeah, I thought, I'd get what I thought you were going to do is say, uh, like, to help Glenn stay awake, you would you would produce, like, plays using the bears as the characters. <laughs> no, he was in the U-Haul behind me and I was oh, in our in little car. Cars. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't hear you say that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> So he would eat them slowly. Yes. Those things are tiny too. You were trying to stay alive. Barely getting a bite there. I was just, I had to make them last. We had mild, (laughs) we were going from Virginia to Florida. That's a haul. Mm -hmm. That is a, that is a (laughs) U-Haul. Any woman listening right now knows it's an, it's an ordeal to get yourself ready in the morning. And I go through all this stuff and then I get to work and realize I'm having a wardrobe malfunction. Come on. It's when you find out when you get there, right? Yes. I'll tell you what's going on in a minute. Wouldn't you know it, you would figure out, Taylor, that you were having a wardrobe malfunction on the way to work, not at home when there was a chance to like throw something else on, but after you're already almost to work. You guys, I think you have no idea what we go through to get ready every day. I'm talking (laughs) the alarm goes off, I get a shower, I moisturize, I do makeup, I blow dry. Oh, first there's mousse. So when you say you guys, you mean men? uh, Men. You You don't understand what it's like. And so I go through all this and I drive to work feeling kind of put together. I had heard a little noise when I was getting ready. I was like, what was that? And I get out of the car here at work mm-hmm. and I'm missing a button on my dress in a very important spot. And I'm like, great, <laughs> what am I going to do? And so then I get to work and Kevin's like, what's your problem? And I'm like, I'm having a wardrobe malfunction. And he's like, Oh, I'm your hero. Yep. I got you a sewing kit yep. from the hotel room. And you laughed. You laughed. I told the story on the radio that my mom was visiting recently for the first time in 13 years because she couldn't travel because of my dad's health. And she was appalled that she raised a daughter that did not have a needle and thread in the house. <laughs> so Kevin nabbed the... Uh, so then it became this big thing like, well, is there going to be a button in this little hotel room sewing kit that Kevin got me? Mm-hmm. And there was a button. Yep. There was pre-threaded needles. Yep. There you go. And I fixed my dress. I remembered how to sew on a button and it is the wrong color button. All my <laughs> buttons are navy. This button is clear plastic, uh-huh. but hey. Sharpie. Take a black Sharpie. Yeah. Yeah. Take a black okay. sharpie. It'll bl- it'll make it won't be perfect, but it'll it'll blend. At least the it'll dress blend. is modest and on my body because there were other than a safety pin, there was going to be no fix for this thing. I'll tell you what, it's it's rough being a woman. It is funny that you had the wardrobe malfunction. On your way to work. I think when something bad is going to, that's when it is going to happen, right? It's never going to happen when you're just home alone, chilling, watching TV or something. No. It's going to happen when something important's coming. Like I've told the story, I think, before. I'm on my way to a job interview. I've got on my suit and tie, my dress pants. And on the way there, I've got my jacket hanging in the back of the car. And my son was, he was in a car seat at the time. He was that, you know, that little. And I dropped him off. Uh, to to be watched while I was going to this job interview. I dropped him off at the sitter. I picked him up out of his car seat, cradled him in my arm, and he had spilled his juice all over his chair. Uh, it was orange juice, and it got all over my crisp white shirt <laughs> on my way to a job interview. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I wound up making a joke of it at the interview, and I did get the job. But still, it was like, of course this would happen to me. Yeah. Of course, on my way to a job interview where I'm being so careful that I even hang my jacket so it doesn't get wrinkled, 
I get orange juice all over my uh, all over my sleeve. So I think every everybody's been there. Everybody's had that happen one time or another. Well, right? if my mom's listening, mom, you'll be very proud. I remembered how to sew on a button. <laughs> I may not know how to make a t-shirt. I rebelled uh, that summer. Now hang on. You but sewed I can it on. sew a button on. You sewed it on, but is this like with this with this past scrutiny of oh that's a good job, or is it kind of like when a guy sews a button on? It's like 17 sailor knots in a prayer. <laughs> I think it looks pretty good, actually. I even use blue thread to match the dress. And, oh, good for you. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> Trying to make my mom proud after her disgust with me that I don't have, have a thread and needle in the house. That is kind of surprising that they don't have anything. That's, now I do. Every and, hotel room I stayed in on vacation, right. I kept the kit. In the words of Buddy the Elf, that's shocking. <laughs> Hey, Kev, would you want to take a guess as to the number one reason dating relationships fail? This is according to a new survey. Um, unrealistic expectations of the other. Ooh, that's a really good one. I don't think that made the list, uh, but I think that's really smart. Uh, yeah, coming in, the, the people they, they want their knight in shining armor, and when they find out, oh, there's little rust and chinks, <laughs> you know, and they, they toss them to the side, and forgetting the fact that they've got rust and chinks in their armor too. Coming in at number eight was being too talkative. Fifth place went to being obsessed with their pets. The fourth biggest reason for dating relationships failing was no sense of humor, followed by poor hygiene. Second place went to overuse of social media. I thought it was kind of cool that that was so high on the list. And the number one reason dating relationships fail is... I got to get out of here, Prano. I got a stage five clinger. Being too clingy. Got a stage hmm. five clinger. Uh, it's no, wear, tricky. Wearing Crocs didn't come in there anywhere? No. <laughs> it's tricky when someone isn't their own person or they have a hard time at those moments when they need to be independent and make their own decisions. So I guess that's why being too clingy was the number one reason, according to the survey, that it ended relationships. Sure. So that's quite a list of why relationships fail and end that you had there. My question for you, Taylor, is any relationships that you were in before you know, you and Glenn had happily ever after, uh, were you dumped or did you dump someone because of those? Any of those Ooh, things I'll on that list? I'll have to relook at the list. Yeah, let's think about that in our own lives. We'll, we'll talk about it next. So this is interesting. You know, They'll tell you again and again that uh, relationships are what make for a quality life. It's not a big house. It's not a fancy car. It's not a six-figure income. It's quality relationships with oh, yeah. the most important one being with your significant other, right? And um, hearing what it is that ends relationships is pretty interesting when you think of how important they are. And it seems like some of the stuff is a little frivolous. That yeah, this was just when you're starting dating. So it's kind of at the casual right, so let's stage. Hear, let's hear it. What, what were some uh, of the, the top, number one the was being again. way too clingy. Stage five clinger. Mm-hmm. Um, followed by posting way too much on social media. Poor hygiene. No sense of humor. Okay. And uh, being obsessed with their pets. Any of those... Uh, any of those spell the downfall for any of your relationships before Glenn came along? No, I went back through the list. And for me, that I if I could sum up why my relationship, uh, my the guy I dated in high school failed, was um, I would say he just didn't cherish me. I mean, we had these moments where like... Wait a minute, does we, a high school boy even know what the word I mean, cherish we dated means? Through, I, I guess apparently not, and I'm so grateful that that he broke up with me. I started to try to br- take a break, and he's uh-huh. like, nah, that was his that's out. it. And um, <laughs> we dated for four years, and I felt like I was going through a divorce, because I thought uh-huh. for sure we were getting married. I mean, we met at church, our parents were friends, yeah. 
And I'll never forget, there was a new workout place opening up in town in Jupiter, Florida. And he kept saying, you should join. You should join. And I finally said, why Why are you always pressuring me to join that gym? And he mm-hmm. goes, I just think you have a lot of potential. And then when we broke up. Wait a minute. And you stuck with him? I stuck with that? him. Wow. I was dumb enough to stay. And then when we broke up, he, t- he revealed to me, he said, he goes, I, you loved me unconditionally, and I knew you would always just be on the back burner for me. Wow. He told me that. And <laughs> Holy so cow. I found a guy who puts me on the front burner, and I put him on the front burner, and it's hmm. awesome. So <laughs> It's all about the burner. Grateful. It's all about the burner placement. Which burner that's, are you on? Oh, my gosh. That's, that's my that's, book. <laughs> that should be the name of your relationship book. Which burner are you on? <laughs> I love it. That should be it. People love my dog, Marco. I post a picture of him on my socials every day called hashtag daily Marco. And people go crazy. Now, I think it's because he's he's obviously the world's cutest dog, but he is he's kind of odd looking. He's very, very cute, but he's got these ginormous ears and a big boopy nose and he's these eyes that are just piercing. He's really unique looking. Or there's a woman. She had a mutt and she was tired of going to the dog park and being breed shamed of her dog so wait do you hear what she would tell her people what kind of breed her dog was so uh we've had a lot of dogs uh in our in our in and out of our house no in not really out in but um, <laughs> they've all been rescue dogs and we've had mutts and we've had purebreds right now we have three two greyhounds and a galgo so they're quote purebreds and then we have two mutts and my dog marco who i post every day daily marco people adore him and he is the cutest dog God's ever created. I, I will I will argue that till the cows come home. Um, and he he's kind of odd looking. He has these large ears because he's part Padenko. That's a Spanish dog and they have comically large ears. But then he's half Border Collie too. So he just has a very quirky, cute look to him and people love him. And they'll ask me what kind of dog he's going to have to go into this long explanation of, well, he's half Padenko. Well, what's that? Well, that's a Spanish hunting dog. And so this one woman was tired of taking her dog to the dog park. Her dog was a mutt and she felt a little bad because everyone else is like, oh, mine's a lab of cockadoodle. There are all these fancy breeds and hers was just a mutt. So she started making up names. They'd say, what kind of breed is your dog? She'd go, oh, it's a Venetian Dabney. <laughs> Oh, it's a it's an Oxnard Pike. <laughs> He's a blue hustler. And then my personal favorite, what kind of breed is your dog? He's a high Presbyterian. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. The funny thing is because I Google everything, I'd go home and Google the breed. Like, right. I want to see him as a puppy. That's a riot. Love it. Can you do, I have met people who will be, oh, what kind of dog is that? And they say, oh, it's a cockapua, Daniel. And you're just like, oh, well, what we used to, we used to call that a mutt. Oh, no, 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 it's not a mutt. We paid $700 for him. Mm. Oh, well, then he certainly isn't a mutt. He's a standard cockapoo doodle or whatever you said he is. Is your company letting you continue to work from home or are you back in the office? Big companies are cracking down on remote work And a lot of them are using a combination of threats and incentives like fancy coffee and free food to get people back. Uh, Google has asked workers to come in three days a week, luring them with free food and other perks. In fact, uh, even before the pandemic, they were known for laundry services and free massages. That's Google. Uh, But now if employees don't comply... It's going to show up on your performance review. A company named Salesforce is trying to lure employees back to the office 
by pledging to donate 10 bucks a day to local nonprofits for every day that that employee reports to the office. So they're trying a a different way. Instead of the strong arm or the perks, they're going, listen, we're going to help others and we'll donate to charity. Positive (laughs) guilt. Because if you don't show up. Yeah, that money doesn't go to charity. Right. Yeah. So you don't want want to be the one that makes us not do the massive donation, right? Well, that's, that's interesting. I wonder if uh, some of the offices who said, you're never coming back, and they got rid of the office space, if there's any regrets there, if mm. they wish they could get people back. I guess it depends how the bottom line is going. Yeah. (laughs) If if it's still going great, they're like, we're geniuses. If Mm -hmm. not, then they're like, why did we get rid of that? This is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news! And you know how hard teachers work every day shaping young lives. Well, check this out. A teacher got to live out one of her lifelong dreams. Wendy has been teaching first grade in the exact same classroom at Morningstar Elementary School in Bozeman, Montana since 1992. 31 years of watching students grow, learn, and believe in themselves and know that they can do hard things. Well, she had a dream for when it was time to finally have her last day at school and retire. I've always said on my last day of my teaching career, I wanted to go out in a helicopter. It's going to be hard to say goodbye, bittersweet. And guess what? The school uh, and all the kids, they arranged it. She flew off in a helicopter with the whole school outside waving goodbye. Ah, No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she's very excited about Chapter 2. She's going to be spending a lot of time with her two young grandkids. Oh, she'll she'll be substitute teaching before the next school year. You think so? She'll miss it that much. Guarantee it. We have a friend that retired as a teacher, and she loves substitute teaching. She's like, it's all the joy of teaching and Virtually none of the responsibility. It's like being a grandparent. <laughs> right. Right. And apparently, awesome. nowadays, the pay is great. Ooh. So she will be subbing very soon. Coming up in just a minute, think about this for a minute. How many survivor skills do your kids have? How many survivor skills do your kids have? Like, hmm. could they make a fire if they were cold? They're or... pretty good at, if we go to a hotel, finding out the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> so. By now, you've probably heard about the four children who sur- survived 40 days alone in the Amazon jungle hmm. in Colombia after a plane crash that took their mother and the pilots. The whole country was filled with joy at the news that these kids are alive. They're 13, 9, 4, and 1 years old. How in the world did they survive? Well, they ate some cassava flour that was being transported on the plane. And when that ran out, they ate seeds. Bottom line, they learned in their tribe from a young age how to survive in the in the jungle. And the 13-year-old was key to the younger siblings surviving. They said, uh, Western kids, n- not so much. I was going to say, what do we learn from our tribe? Like I said, the Wi-Fi <laughs> password. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one, time, my survi- one time, I, I drank some milk, and it was a day after the expiration date. And, and I, I live. I survived. <laughs> <laughs> wow, these kids are something. So survivor skills, those four kids living in the jungles of the Amazon for 40 days? Oh, my goodness. Now, when you think about your own kids, and maybe not something that extreme, but but of your own kids, who has the best survival skills? I have four kids. Two of them could have handled the Amazon thing. Not well, but okay. Two of them would have been a disaster. <laughs> two, two were very resourceful when it comes to stuff like that. Two would curl up in a ball and wait for the rescuers to come. How about your kids? Would love to hear from you. Hey, Joy, it's Kevin and Taylor. We're talking about these kids that survived 40 days in the Amazon jungle. So we want to know, of your kids... 
Who would be most likely to survive in the woods? Well, I think they all three would survive. They all have their different talents. I have one that's a police officer, so he would make sure everybody was safe. I have one that's a mechanic, so he would repair the plane. Uh And I have one one that's good with the phone, so she would Uber stuff in. (laughs) They're the the dream team. The dream team right there. (laughs) There you go. So they would be fine, I think. You know. You taught them well. I would be very worried about my daughter, Amber, and she would not be offended that I I said this at all. She has a sweatshirt. It literally says indoorsy on it. (laughs) She would not do well. (laughs) Just turn off the water one day at the house and see what she does. See what kind of skills she has. Yo, Angie, we're talking about uh, our kids or maybe your siblings and who would do the best if you were thrust into a survival situation. Okay, so I'll address both situations. With my siblings, my dad was a a weekend bass fisherman, tournament bass fisherman. Oh, wow. And uh, we had a 12-man tent and everything that Coleman made, we had. Uh, But I was the one that paid attention when dad was burying the baked potatoes under the coals to bake them. So um, as far as my siblings, it would definitely be me. It rubbed off on one of my kids, which is my son. Um, my son, when I was a single mom, when he was growing up, if he ever went missing, all I had to do, I lived on two and a half acres. I would just find him up in a tree in a cocoon, um, a cocoon <laughs> hammock. No and kidding. he would sleep out there. No if he kidding. was missing no. at night, he was sleeping outdoors. Wow. Uh, and now he <laughs> worked outdoors. He's a welder in Nebraska, follows the pipeline and lives in a camper. Wow. So <laughs> he'd do just yeah, fine. Was, That's amazing. My, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he's a welder, so he can help Joey's son uh, repair the plane. Yeah, he wins. I want to be on the flight with him. <laughs> I don't know if you're, you're like me, but I'm so grateful that banks will notify you if there's like they suspect credit card fraud because like, hmm. I don't know, weird stuff happens. And the other day I get a text from my husband and he goes, we have a USAA alert about Keurig Green Mountain charge. Not us, right? I'm like, no, not us. We don't even own a Keurig coffee maker. Hmm. And we have bought Keurig pods for gifts for people. Okay. But we're like, how in the world did that happen? And so my husband's so sweet. He's like, I'll take care of it. Um, And he said, um, you know, because you can imagine how boring it could be to be the customer service person at at a national bank. (laughs) So he said, he goes, I basically did my comic routine for her. I got on the phone and I was like, no. Call me crazy, but if I'm risking going to jail as a cr- as a criminal, I'm not going to risk it on Keurig coffee pods from Green Mountain. <laughs> and she, he said she was just rolling on the floor. Just thought it was the funniest thing. Oh, yeah. But thank goodness they caught it. They're going to have to send us new credit cards in, okay. in the mail. And I, we have no idea how it happened or anything. And he also told the lady on the phone about how someone got in the trunk of my car when I was trail running. And took credit cards, but left sixty dollars in cash, and she thought that was the weirdest thing. They, they leave the, the cash. cash. Who needs they cash? take the credit card. Yeah, <laughs> the credit card. I think what they did with the the coffee pods or whatever. I think they do like a a tr- a, a, a frivolous purchase just to see if it works. Yeah, I heard someone's I doing that with Uber do. Eats. Mm. They keep uh, they either think it's prank or they're testing out uh, fraudulent card, you know, stolen cards. Mm-hmm. Someone keeps shipping this family. Uh, all these Uber Eats orders, McDonald's, Starbucks, and they're no kidding. Yeah, it just arrives at their house. That's bizarre. Yeah. Wow. So it's time for summer blockbuster movies to come out. 
and tons of them are being released. We're going to talk about it next. Play along with uh, with Taylor here. See if you can guess, Taylor, how many installments of these different movie series they've been. Because they all have new ones coming out mm, this okay. summer. Because tis the season for, you know, the big action car chase kind of movies to come out. Mission Impossible, what number are they up to now? Uh, are they up to 10? Uh, seven. 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 I love Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, they're really so good. So much. That, that storyline never gets tired, and Tom Cruise does such a great job yes. in them, doesn't There's he? always the running scene. Always. All right, uh, Transformers. Oh, what man, I've to? never even seen one of them. Never uh, seen a Transformers one either. Are there eight of them? Seven. Okay. Here's seven a, seems to be the lucky number. Here's another one. I've never seen one, and I feel like I don't need to, and I already have seen them all. Uh, Fast and Furious. How many Fast and Furious oh, movies have there I been? I think there's nine. Eleven. Eleven. There okay. have, and I've never seen one. And I'm just like, at what point do they get slow down and slow and happy <laughs> instead <laughs> of Fast and Furious? I was also thinking, like, what what is a movie series that they haven't had one in a long time that I would love to see a new one from? And one jumped to my mind. I want to see what what would you like to see. Um, I don't know about a series, but just I, I would love to see a sequel of Shawshank Redemption. Ooh. I want to see how they lived out their lives. Maybe they went back and would like help the guys that are still stuck in prison. That'd be interesting. I mean, I don't know how you add drama because, you know, we all learn the formula for a story in, in should, seventh uh, and eighth grade English. But Stephen King is very active on Twitter. You should tweet at him. How yeah. about Shawshank Redemption 2? See what he says. Did he write the first one? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty stunning. I thought he only wrote scary movies. Okay. Get uh, out. Here's the one that I want. I want another installment of. And when you hear it, you're going to go, yes. I totally want that too. I want another Jason Bourne movie, but only if Matt Damon comes back. Yeah. The one without him was weird. Yeah. I mean, it was was okay. It was good. I don't think it was a Jason Bourne movie. Um, I would like to see that story continue, but I want it to be him. I'm still mad that his girlfriend died. You can still watch. I didn't get over that. Especially the first one. Yeah, I can still watch that one. And it's got me on the edge. I know how it's all going to turn out, but I'm on the edge of my seat the whole time. It's so good. It's a great movie. I think I might have the title of a new children's book. I never set out to write a children's book, (laughs) but I have one ripped from the headlines. I'll tell you about it next. So I never thought I would ever write a children's book, but man, do I have a good idea for one now, thanks to something that really, really, truly happened and has made headlines. It's called The Bear That Went to the Beach. I don't know if you heard about this, but (laughs) in Destin, Florida, people are all hanging out, enjoying the weekend, swimming in the sea, you know, body surfing, and they look over and they're like, is that a dog? And it is a black bear jumping in the waves, <laughs> having a blast in the ocean. I grew up in Florida, and I have never heard of anything like this in my life. But they have video proof. So don't you think that would be a cute children's yeah, book? The bear that it. went to the beach. Okay, so a woman posted a video. You're talking about the bear at the beach. woman posted a video. She has a pack of dogs, lives on a lot of land, so she just lets them out. They, they, they don't need to fence in the yard or anything. She just has acres and acres and acres. Mm-hmm. And the dogs, they were out running around and she heard scratching at the door and she came over to the door and looked and they brought home with them a bear cub. <gasps> yeah. No. They were all up. Uh-oh. All the dogs had their, their paws up on the rail like, mom, let us in. And a bear cub was right there with them. And the caption said, said as if the dog was talking, hey, we found this stray out there. He's a little funny looking, but we really like him. Can we keep him? <laughs> the thing that's so worry- worrisome is when mama comes looking. Right, the mama bear. Yeah. Right. When is she going to come along looking for her cub? Wow.